it's just good to see everyone, and uh, just again a pleasure to be uh, be together uh, today. And uh, you know, we've been talking, uh, as you know, uh, about the cross, and uh, and I hope you have found it uh, uh, edifying, inspir- uh, uh, inspiring, and, and and convicting all at the same time, and, and and helping us to to just to remind us maybe things that we've already known, or maybe seeing something in a different light. Of okay, yeah, Jesus is my Lord. He went to the cross. He rose again from the dead, and 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 I'm going to be faithful forever uh, to Jesus. And I, I hope that that's helped with all of that. Um, but I wanted to to continue. Uh, that, that theme um, into uh, September and, and October, we're actually going to look at some New Testament uh, people whose lives were changed by the cross and whose lives uh, were, were, were not just affected but, but for, for a moment or for a week or for a, a short time period, but it affected their whole rest of their lives. So we're going to be uh, transitioning into that. Uh, but today there was one more story that maybe fits right in between. Uh, that I wanted to talk uh, about. And it was uh, shortly after uh, Jesus had risen again from the dead. And if you, if you uh, have your Bibles or, or want to point and click on your Bibles, whatever you want, uh, Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to start out. Uh, I do actually have a title today. It's called Before and After. I don't always have a title, but I thought this would be a good title for, uh, for today. Before and After. And uh, have, you, have you ever had one of those days at work um, on your job where it was, it was a day just to really stand out. You know, maybe you got a big bonus or maybe you got, uh, you know, a, 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 um, a raise or promoted or, or something like that, but a day that stood out above the rest uh, at, your, at your job or if you're in school, you know, maybe something happened where it's like, oh, this is like the best day ever. Let me share one that I had. Uh, so I was uh, 22 years old living in Cincinnati there was, if you're familiar with Cincinnati, or if you're not, Cincinnati, the downtown area uh, sits a stone throw from the Ohio River. And across the Ohio River, if you're not familiar with that geography, is Kentucky. And uh, there used to be, there isn't so much uh, as many now, but there used to be a, a row of restaurants on the Ohio River, on the Kentucky side, so that they would look out over the beautiful downtown Cincinnati. And so uh, when I was 22, uh, me and there was uh, about three or four other of the guys in our campus ministry that worked as busboys at the Mike Fink restaurant. And so we would go there, and I actually have several stories I could tell from that, but I'll just uh, keep, uh, keep it brief. But, um, but we, uh, you know, a typical, you know, when you're working in a restaurant, if you, you know, well, I mean, the, the tips is everything. Right, it is. It is uh, how much you get to to help clean up the plates and how much and, and, and all of that. The tips are all the money. I think at the time we were making two dollars and one cent per hour, and then tips was everything on top of that. So you work like five hours and get paid ten bucks, but then tips added onto that. That would you know add quite a bit. And so a typical night uh, for a busboy at the Mike Fink restaurant, you would take home maybe $40. On a good night, maybe $50, $60. On, on a, a nice weekend, you know, popular weekend, you might get $70, $80. The bad nights, you would go home with $20 or $30. And so, so it, did, it did vary. But one night, it was New Year's Eve, and, and everybody was in full force. I think me and all our friends, we, we were there uh, working that night. And it was New Year's Eve, and it was nice outside, 
and the restaurant, I mean, we worked our tails off. I mean, every moment there was a table to clean up or somebody to, to, to go, you know, spilt their milk or something. We had to go clean, and, and, and we worked really, really hard. But we knew the money was rolling in. But you don't, you don't have time to count, right? It's, uh, you don't have, it's kind of like poker face. You don't count your money till the end. But, you, you know, we had to wait. And so uh, that night, that one night... $240. It was fantastic. It was a night above all nights. I was ready to retire. We were so excited. Of course, it's about 2 or 3 in the morning of, of New Year's Day. And uh, we all went to celebrate our, our big night at the Mike Fink. We all went to a restaurant. You know, when it was 20, like Waffle House or something. And they had some pancakes or something. And, uh, but that was one of those nights that uh, here we are, you know, many years later, I remember, I can still tell you, it was one of those nights that stood out. And so perhaps, you know, the stories I'm going to talk today were one of those same kind of things for the fishermen that would become disciples of Jesus. And that's why when we start out in Luke chapter 5 is uh, one of the first times that Jesus is with them. It says, one day, as Jesus was standing on the lake, uh, by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little farther from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When he had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled, up their, uh, pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So what an incredible moment. For these fishermen that I'm sure they've maybe never seen another time like that. But to set the stage, I mean, these guys are actually, they've been out all night, right? They've been, they've been working uh, with, I wouldn't say low success, like with no success, right? They did not catch a single thing. And they're there, they're cleaning their nets. You can imagine, you've, I'm sure, had those kinds of days too, where it's like, ugh, it's just total discouragement, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's this crowd of people, and Jesus is standing there, and these people, I, I kind of picture that actually not a really good scene for the fishermen. I mean, these people are there. You're, trying, you're just trying to clean your nets, right? You've had a really rough night, and, and you're just trying to do your, do your job and, and, you know, and perhaps kind of listening to Jesus. But these people are kind of in your juju, and, you're, and you know, they're stepping on your nets, and you're trying to yank it. And it's maybe a little bit of commotion that's not going that well for them. But Jesus gets in their boats, kind of sets as a stage. So that he can talk to the people. And I don't know how long he talked, but at least for a little while. And then Jesus says to, to Peter, or to Simon, I should say. He says, hey, let's go out. Let's, let's, go, let's go fishing. You've got to be kidding me. I was out all night. Nothing happened. There ain't any fish out there. They're not biting today. 
Well, I guess they had nets. They didn't bite on anything. But he said, ah, you know, because you want me to, he's kind of doing Jesus a favor. It's like, all right, because you said so, we'll, we'll go out. We'll, we'll, give it, we'll give it another try. And so he goes out. And then, oh, my goodness, it's like the biggest catch ever. And it's actually a little bit of chaos. I mean, you've got nets that are tearing. You've got boats that are sinking. They're calling over. You, know, you, you picture these fish are coming into the nets. They're just flopping everywhere, flying out of the boats. You know, they're calling the other boats. Hey, you get some help. Need some help. The other boat, you know, takes them at least a few minutes to get over to where this other boat is at. And then all of a sudden, there's so many fish that both boats are sinking. Nets are out of control. The guys don't know what to do. And, and then you know, Simon looks at Jesus it says, get away from me. I am a sinful man. You know, they just weren't ready. They just weren't prepared. They weren't prepared for that moment at all. First of all, their, their, their skills and their tools weren't, weren't in good shape. I mean, you've got nets that are breaking. You've got boats that are sinking. I mean, they were totally unprepared for this. But then also, you know, Peter says to Jesus, you know, away from me. I'm, I'm a sinful man. I mean, spiritually, he was not ready. He wasn't ready for this time with, with, with Jesus. He wasn't ready for, for this, this, these blessings. And he's telling him, like, Jesus, get away from me. I got a lot of sin going on in here. You don't want to be with me. But then Jesus looks at him and says, Simon, follow me, and I'm going to make you a fisher of people. And then this most amazing thing happens is that he drops his nets, him and some others, and they go and follow Jesus. And so they would spend a few years together, much of which we've been talking about over the last, um, you know, several months, actually, of some of that time that, uh, that the disciples had. Uh, they would become disciples of Jesus and that time that they had. And then, of course, we had the story of the cross that we've been talking about then let's turn to John chapter 21. And we're going to read a story that's very similar to what we just read. In John chapter 21, I'll start in, start in verse 1. Uh, Jesus, of course, is, has died. He's come again. He's, 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 uh, he's, he's um, come back to life. They've seen him a couple times. This is now the third time they're actually going to see him. And it says, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Well, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciples, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It's the Lord! As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with the fish, or with fish on it and some bread. 
Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have caught, just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back uh, into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask them, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This is the third time that Jesus had appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. They may be familiar with this, uh, this story, but the disciples had gone out fishing again. It's almost the same exact thing. They had spent the whole night not catching a single thing. Jesus on the shore says, hey, any fish out there? No. And they throw their nets on the other side of the boat and they catch 153 fish. In fact, the Bible says that they were large fish. In the Greek term, it's, it's actually they were great fish. So I don't know how big they were. You know, size of fish is somewhat perspective. So some of the guys that go fishing in here, you know, maybe if they're usually around here, you know, a big fish might be something, you know, maybe this big, you know, six inches compared to like 12 inches. Somehow I feel like these might have been bigger. Yeah. Rob, would you say so? At the... <laughs> Mocking the fishermen in the, in the uh, I probably shouldn't do that. They try really hard. but the bible says they were large fish and they counted them 153 and so what an again an amazing moment and it's significant that jesus ate with them which is at least the second time that he ate with them since he rose from the dead you know why ghosts don't eat ghosts don't eat so to sit down and to take a fish and take bread and eat it was just farther proof of, no, I'm here, I'm alive, and I'm Jesus. I am the Son of God. So I think that's why they're sitting there like no one dared ask. You know, it's like, okay, we know, we know this is Jesus. What an amazing you know, breakfast that, that must have been that time. But it plays out a little bit differently than before, doesn't it? You know, this time... They don't seem to complain. There was no complaint of, oh, we've been out there all night. Nothing. There are no fish. We're we're done. We're tired. Ready to come in. There wasn't any of that. They just seemed to say, okay, yeah, let's try this side. I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, it's 10 feet on the other side of the boat. But they do it. Maybe they were just kind of doing it for fun. Maybe they remembered back a few years earlier when they threw those nets out. I, I, I don't know. But in the moment they did that, they didn't know it was Jesus that was on the shore telling them that. But they don't seem to complain. But then when they catch the fish, the boat doesn't sink. The net doesn't tear. In fact, they were able to get that whole net on the shore. I kind of wonder what happened to the fish. You know, fish don't lay, you know, land, you know, it's not like they threw them on ice, right? <laughs> they grabbed a few and ate a few. But the nets didn't tear, the boat didn't sink, and they didn't complain. Three things that were different from that story we read in Luke chapter 5. You know, I think after the three years or so that they had been with Jesus in between those two stories, I think Jesus is telling them, you know, you guys are ready. 
You guys are ready to go on without me physically being here. Ready to go to the nations and make disciples. And maybe they wouldn't put all that together till maybe later. But there was something specific about that fish. It, it, it's just interesting to me as I was looking at this. Like, you know, there's something about it. They counted those fish and, and say specifically that the net didn't tear. You know, 153, I don't know how many pounds of fish it was, but it's a lot. You know, it wouldn't have mattered so much had they gone out and caught 153 fish or 253 fish if the nets tear and you lose them all. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't be this story. In fact, it would probably be a pretty discouraging moment. But I think the thing that Jesus is trying to teach him here is that, you know, if the disciples were going to learn to fish for people, lesson number one from Jesus is that every person counts. Every person counts. They collected all the fish and they counted them, 153, because every fish counted. They were so amazed with that. But we see this throughout Jesus' ministry. In a number of places in John, John chapter 3, you're familiar with this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In other words, Jesus is coming for everybody. We just need to believe. We need to believe that Jesus is the son of God, but he's available and, and here for everyone. In John chapter 6 and verse 38, for I have come down from heaven, Jesus speaking, not to do my will, but do, to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those, of all of those he has given me, but raise them up to the last day. In John chapter 10, verse 25, Jesus answers, I did tell you, but you don't believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they know me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish no one will snatch them out of my hand. In John chapter 17, verse 11, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that you may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them. I kept them safe by that name you gave me. None have been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that the scripture would be fulfilled, talking about Judas. And again, in John 18, Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. It was extremely important for Jesus to teach them if they are going to fish for people, everybody counts. And I don't want to lose one of them. And again, that first story, there's fish flying everywhere. But here, they didn't lose a single fish because their net held. Every person matters to Jesus. So somewhere, and if Jesus was going to teach his disciples to fish, at least part of what he had to teach them was what it took not to lose any 
of those people. When I was looking at this, I honestly, I, I, I was tremendously challenged. I'm not sure of, you know, all of our experiences, but, but I mean, I, I think in general, we've done horrible with this. I think we have. We, we, we need to learn from Jesus here that every person counts. You know, the nets that they use, you know, you, if you've ever seen a net. I used to have a net. I would have brought as a, a thing, but, you know, we didn't move it. We threw a number of things out, so I'm sad I didn't have it. But, you know, nets, they're made with individual ropes and strings and strands, right? Then they're tied together in little knots. And then another inch away, there's another knot. Another inch away, there's another. Through this whole grid work of nets. And it's a bunch of individual ropes and strings that are, that are tied together with many, many uh, knots. And if just one of those knots is broken, if just one of those strands is broken, and a fish falls out, then what happens? The fishermen will attend to that net, right? And, and they'll repair that. They'll fix that problem. But I thought to myself, you know, I... I been, been a d- disciple of Jesus for a long time. And I've seen people make other choices. And I know in the end, I, I, you know, there's, there's people, uh, Jesus does give us the freedom, right, to make our, our own choices uh, and, and the freedom to, to, to uh, uh, you know, choose to serve him or not. I realize that everybody has that. But, you know, I, in my life, I thought, you know, I thought about it for myself, but friends of mine that have left over the years, either move, go to another church or just leave God altogether. And I thought to myself, like, gosh, what could I have done better? But, you know, I've not had one discussion with, 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 uh, with other people of, gosh, what could we have done better to help this person? What could we have done better to help them feel love so that they didn't want to make another choice. What could we have done better? And that's where I thought, oh, man, I was found myself really challenged. I, I don't want to be that type of, of leader, and I don't think we want to be that type of church. As brothers and sisters, we are working to build a net here in this congregation, you know, with us, each of us. Our relationships together are just like these nets. You know, our bonds, our times together, our, our, our bonds are, are, are strong. Our, our, our congregational net is going to be as strong as the weakest knot, as strong as the weakest strand, as strong as we choose. We are making this congregational net that, that can hold fish. Just as Jesus is showing these guys. And so it's imperative. Everyone is imperative. Every one of us is imperative to Jesus to do our part. Everyone uh, is, it's, 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 it is imperative for ourselves, for each other, and for the people that are not in this room, outside of the church. To create this net. And sometimes, you know, we, we feel uh, sometimes like, ugh, I'm just not in a spot where I can help much. I just, I, I'm just, you know, this is happening or this is going on. And, and we can kind of put reasoning in our minds of how we can't help. And if I can just turn that a little bit, 
Because I understand there's times that happen, you know, things happen. We have you know, thoughts and we have struggles and battles of, to work through. But the question is not so much what can't we do, but is what can I do? You know, the, the widow offered two copper coins. That is what she could do in the moment. And it was everything she had. Jesus lifted her up, even though it was just a small, minute amount of contribution. He lifted her up as an example because she was giving what she could. And so in our efforts to create this congregational uh, net, it is what can I do? What can I give? That's why, so when we talk about the calendar so much like we have recently, every group event, everything that's on the calendar and all the things that aren't on the calendar, like conversations here on a Sunday morning or a coffee get-together on a Tuesday morning, Every conversation, every text note, every encouragement or lack of those things determines the strength of the net. We're not just filling the calendar with things to do just because we want to have fun. Although we should have fun being disciples. But there is a reason behind that to build our relationships, to build our net so that we don't have weak knots, so that we don't have weak strands. So that when, when someone comes along, a fish, if you will. We have the capability of, of, of wrapping them and loving them and holding them. The way the net proved itself to, to the disciples. We aren't linked together by knots, but it is our love that links us together. It is our love that brings us together, that ties those knots, that keeps those strands strong. Our love for each other our love for Jesus as well. So every time matters, every conversation, your time in the morning or time in the afternoon or time with God in the evening, whenever that is, it all matters. It all matters. You matter. And whether you have two copper coins to bring or you've got a lot more to bring, it doesn't matter. Bring what you can. Bring what you can. And so when we continue in in John chapter 21, it makes it a little bit more, puts it a little bit in more light. And I'll start in verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What is these? What is Jesus talking about? Was it the other disciples that were there? Peter, do you love me more than, than John or Andrew and some of these other guys? It could have been. Was it the, the cooked fish that was, that was uh, you know, just the bones were laying there at that point? Or the bread? Might have been. Was it the other 153 fish that were laying there, what was left of them? Could have been. Was it... Peter's livelihood of what he had known of the boats and his nets and his fishing gear? Was it that? That could have been. The reality is it doesn't matter. Whether it was the people, whether it was the fish, whether it was the boats. Do you love me more than these? And Peter answers, yes, of course I do. And Jesus launches into, well, feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. 
Or actually feed the lambs, take care of my sheep. Make the effort to have an incredibly strong bond of love that you won't lose one. And it's the same for us today. It is the same for us today. You know, what can we do this week, today, to make that that, that effort to show love? Is it a, a thank you text? Hey, John Jennings, John and Deb, thanks so much for all you do with the children's worship. Aaron and Tammy, thank you so much every Sunday for making Zoom available for us. Steve and Liza, back up, thank you so much for serving the church that way. Sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, thank you so much for your encouragement three weeks ago when we got together and we had that talk. Thank you so much. What else can we do? Bro, do you need help with this? Sister, do you need help with this? What can we do? Gosh, I can't wait for this event coming up with our ministry. I'm going to come and I'm going to make sure I'm going to give my two copper coins. And I'm going to do my part to make it great. What can we do to build that net? Because each one of us, again, are those individual strands that are all tied together. Creating this congregational net. And if that net has a bunch of holes, I think you know what's going to happen. So we want to make that effort to build the net. And you know what's great about it in our current times? COVID doesn't stop that. COVID doesn't stop that. It may keep us sometimes of all being together, and it does. But COVID doesn't stop a text. COVID doesn't stop a call. COVID doesn't stop a card being written and mailed. None of that stuff. It doesn't stop that stuff. So Jesus talked to Peter about feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. And then twice in verse 19 and then again in verse 22, he looks at him and says, Peter, follow me. Follow me. You know, back in Luke chapter 5, he said those same things. Follow me. Which, at least in part in that moment, said, no, Peter, literally follow me. I am going from here to over there. Come along with me. And so Peter did. At this point, it is all about the spiritual stuff. Because Jesus was going to go away. And so Peter is understanding, oh, He's talking about building that net. It's none of that. None of that. That Luke chapter 5, follow me. It is, it is about loving others as I have loved you. It is to build this incredibly strong net that would soon hold over 3,000 more disciples. And more after that. And so I finish with that same thing for us. And Jesus looks at us and says, follow me. Follow me. Do your part and follow me to build that net to hold those fish. Let's go ahead and say a prayer and then we'll take the Lord's Supper. 
Thanks for listening to the Blue Ridge Podcast. My name is James Lim, and if you'd be interested in more resources like this or connecting with us, visit us online at blueridge.church or join us at Burnley Moran Elementary School at 10.30 a.m. Sundays in Charlottesville, Virginia. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time. Thank you.